the campers. Welcome to the Camp Good Boy podcast. Huge guest. Huge guest. Big guest. Huge. <laughs> Huge guest. Huge is in the house. Huge is in the house. So, yeah, we don't usually have guests, uh, or we don't usually have guests that are like guest guests that you have qu- ask questions mm. to, because our listeners don't usually care. Right. And also, <laughs> when they're like important people like Patrick Hughes, who's in the house today, yep. his Sorry. fan base is invariably just like, will those other guys just shut the fuck up and let Patrick talk? So, I think today <laughs> we'll try and make an exception and meet everybody in the middle. Yeah. Because we've got the director of uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And the Expendables the 3. And the Expendables 3. And, and Red and Hill. Hitman's Bodyguard. And the Hitman's yeah. Bodyguard. <laughs> Patrick Hughes, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the I'm show. Here. Big film Welcome director. Whose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, movie is coming out on Friday? Yeah. It comes out this week. Dude. Wait, you mean our, you mean our movie, Oh, yeah. Right? We, oh, that's right. Well, we, we wrote it. So our movie. Our, all of our movie. Contributed right. to the making of this picture, and it comes out this week. Well, that's a bold thing for a director to say. I mean, most, yeah. most directors are like, oh, no, it's my movie. No, it comes yeah. out this And most directors don't go on the writer's podcast. <laughs> I, I do, because I love you, motherfuckers. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, we worked on the movie here in this room. We did, this yeah. very room. And we, did, we, we were just saying, as I walked in the front door, that the, the last... Last time all three of us were in this room, I was lying on the couch over there, and you guys were here slaving over laptops, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a script you in, and it was the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, and here we are. Yeah. Now we're back in this same room. Yeah, the billboards are all over and LA. You degenerates look exactly the same. <laughs> I look, um, you look slender, fitter. Happier. <laughs> well, we're writers. More we're, tanned. We're, we're miserable. You're, you're, you're like a you're <laughs> the director. Are you're, you're ha- My eyes are wider. <laughs> and we should say that we all wrote the movie in jogging shorts. Oh, that yes. was like our. Yeah. our Wait, let's, let's, I think I felt like we should kick off the podcast with jogging shorts. Yeah. And let's talk about where that started. So um, someone say, hey, Pat, where did the jogging shorts start? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, the big chill, probably. What? Oh, no, wait. ask me. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Are you saying where jogging shorts started, or where they started with uh, with with us, or where yeah. in general? <laughs> no, with with my process. Uh, so, Patrick, uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You go. I came here. You interviewed me, motherfucker. I'm not fucking. Wait, like that's how bad this podcast is. Chill. I don't give a shit about the history of jogging shorts. That's how bad this podcast is. When you actually have a real guest, they have to ask you the questions to ask them. So, so yeah, jogging let's, shorts. Let's okay, talk so Patrick, about it, Patrick. Let's, let's take it all the way back and go to the, <laughs> the beginning. Wait. Yeah. So where? How did you get into jogging shorts? <laughs> how I got it? Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, filmmaking is it's 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 incredibly grueling, right? And mm. it sucks the absolute life out of you. And uh, one one thing you know, I would say in the last sort of three years is like, and certainly in the last twelve months is really like I'm trying to concentrate on how to balance your your mental health and your physical health mm. as well as making these these kind of movies because it really you know it, it grinds you and one thing i realized is that there's two key elements to production one is is when you're screenwriting when you're working on a script you're developing right. and when you're doing post production they're really dangerous areas Right, and if you're not exercising, essentially, you go. What do you do to? What did you do today? You, you know, you sat on your ass for right. a freaking day. Mm-hmm. You sat in a dark room. You watched the TV. You know, you didn't do anything. So, 
I don't know, like uh, probably about four years ago, I just decided one morning I woke up, I put jogging shorts on. And that was my process. I was like, if I put jogging shorts on, I have to go jogging. And that yeah. started the whole process of like, hey, man, I'm going to jog every fucking day. And I jog like 5Ks every morning before mm-hmm. I go to the gym. And if I can't get to the gym, at least I've got to jog in. But then the, the fallout from that is when you're busy, you know, it's like, well, fuck it. I'll just wear jogging shorts to work. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Right, right. Like, seriously, I'll wear jogging shorts to a pitch meeting. It's yeah. only like whatever. Well, and the exact, they love that shit. Well, I, they love I, I it. used to think people cared about that. And then I realized, I was like, nah, fuck them. Well, also, yeah. if you look like you're trying to be like a cool director, it's just like you're a dime a dozen. Like, <laughs> right, look right. like you just got done running like a, like a, like a 10K. So true. And execs and producers out here, they love being like, oh, man, you should have seen this guy that just came <laughs> in with his jogging shorts. The execs shorts. start wearing jogging <laughs> yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, just, yeah. So then we, that we, uses it here. we, because right. like, we should tell the, we should tell the listeners, um, um, the camp good, good boy listeners where, how we all know each other, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Venice Beach. So there was like an era. What 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 was circa what? what I would it? call that wait, where are you gonna time? Two, that that? Was, 2000, it feels like an era now. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. Two thousand twelve. It was two thousand twelve yeah. yeah, to like two thousand fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Where Beach. we were all young, hopeful Hollywood. You you had a film that you'd made in Australia, the Red yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah, but we were all tr- we were all banging on that door trying to break in. That's the thing. And like we had sold a script, you had a, an indie film in Australia, and we all sort of found each other at a party in Venice and um, Rich Cook's bar. Venice Beach <laughs> yeah 2012. 2015 2012 we went to a party yeah <laughs> Rich Cook's <laughs> it, was a, it was a wild it was a, time it was a turbulent it was, time it was it was a wild era. I won't get into exactly what we were doing but I think most people would say it's three guys that you wouldn't expect to be making big Hollywood movies <laughs> yeah but at, that time, yeah. That, that, at that, that time at that time it was a Project X party um, <clears throat> but we did We and we hit it off and so we all hit it off as friends first and we all realized we were all dumb young and hungry mm-hmm. yeah and uh and rich cook who, who, so listeners know he's he's my agent he's a big hollywood agent now yeah that was that's the thing he was a young up-and-coming was, agent yeah, so all yeah. of us were mm-hmm. it was it is kind of more of like the origin story is like it's the unrock and roll rock and roll origin story yeah. of uh, of a hollywood filmmaking team because yeah. we met going to venice parties yep. we were always the last ones at the party yeah exactly you know yeah, oh, yeah. i always see the mustangs speed <laughs> off late at night <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and it goes to show, um, yeah, the power of uh, networking <laughs> or anti anti networking. And the, so yeah, how to make friends and win people. Yeah. We met you, and then I think you might have gone to back to Australia. Is it? How do you pronounce it? Australia or Australia? How is it pronounced? <laughs> Australia. Australia. With you had gone back, and then you did the Expendables three, and we we just we didn't see yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, busy. no. Like, oh, I mean, I was back and forwards. I was based in uh, Venice for like uh, ten or eleven years. You were just always traveling. Yeah, because yeah, right. I'm always based in both. Right, I've got. A, I live in Australia, and then I've had a base here. But <clears throat> I don't know. Like two, three movies ago, I was. It got to the point that it was ridiculous. Um, that where I I had my pad in Venice, and I was off shooting. A, I was shooting Hitman's Bodyguard in Europe, mm-hmm. and by the time I got back to Venice, you know, it, I walked in the front door, and it was like I haven't been here for two years. Right, and it's it like was, a crime scene. Yeah, it was, and it was so. After that, I was like, you know what, screw this, because then they they said, hey, let's go make the sequel, and I was like, all right, I'm going back to Europe again. I just put my stuff in storage, but um. 
Yeah, that's how we all met. We met in Venice, and mm-hmm. we were hanging out in Venice, and we were getting lit in Venice, mm-hmm. and we were doing Project X parties in Venice. Oh, yeah. And we had a good ongoing bit where you would show up at our house with your fucking dirt bike helmet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes holding a gun or, or something that looked very similar to a gun that yeah. may or may not. Yeah. <laughs> No, yes. Yeah, sometimes there'd be a knock at the door, and I just like go look through the window, and there'd just be this big Dude, motherfucker with a helmet, that was like, like pointing the, a gun. It was the best way to get around Venice, man. Yeah, I could oh, be anywhere sure. in like forty-five seconds. Was on my dirt bike. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, it could have gone either way for us. I feel like, like, because we were, it was kind of fun because we were living like the college all over again, but in your thirties, because which yeah. Hollywood can kind of afford mm-hmm. you to do. Yeah. You get these gigs, you get a nice chunk of money, and right. you can kind of like. Fuck off a, a lot, uh, not just a little bit, a lot. Yeah. And uh, and it's like you're working a little, you got your things, but you're yeah. going to you're going to parties, and it's like, and then yeah, I remember you got Expendables three, and I was like, oh, he made we it, we lost him, we lost him, <laughs> he's gonna, <laughs> we we lost our guy, and I disappeared to Bulgaria, yeah. for a year and a half, yeah, and then we'd like we'd maybe sell a screenplay or something, or like get a couple jobs, but mm. then uh, then once, and then you were, were doing, you did the Hitman's Bodyguard, yeah, and then. Came around to Hitman's wife's bodyguard, yeah. and I don't know if no other writers wanted to do it or <laughs> no, they couldn't no, find no. anyone. You, you slid into my DMs, and people were like, "How'd you get that job?" I yeah. was like, "The director slid into my DMs <laughs> and was like, <laughs> I have a job for you, C words.'" <laughs> And then that's that's literally like, I mean, it's like, cause it's a dream job and you're like, people are like, how did you get that? How does that happen? It's like, I'll tell you what, go to parties, (laughs) do bad things, stay up late with crazy people that you like. And sometimes Mm. the stars aligned and you will wake up from a nap to a, to a tech for, to a DM and Instagram from a Hollywood director being like, (laughs) we got a job Mm -hmm. for you. And then we wrote it and it still was unclear. Cause I remember we started talking about how we were writing it here, but it was still unclear if it, if it was going to get made. Mm. And that was the, we took, at home with that draft, I think it was yeah, yeah. So what 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 happened was the, the um, when we made the first one and and um, you know like you make these films and you never know if it's going to be a success or not. Like you don't know what's going to work. And uh, the first one came out, <clears throat> and there's always this moment you find out on a Thursday, which I'm about to find out next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And that's when your agent calls you at, I think it's around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. That's when you know if you're going to win the weekend or not. Yeah. So mm. I went out, I went out surfing. I was like, fuck that. That's I'm the not, best thing to do. I am not sitting around for that right. phone call. So I blasted down the coast. I was out surfing County Line past Malibu. And, uh, and I sat out there in the water and I'm, I'm like, and all these, and it was, it was a good, it was a good day to go surfing. A lot of people out, but then it was like, I, then I was terrified to go in because I knew there'd be a phone call, right, right, a missed call from the agent and uh, from Rich. And then I just stayed out there, and I kept staying out there, and then I was literally the last person to paddle in. The sun setting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I went up to my car and I got my phone, and there's like 55 missed calls from Rich. <laughs> And he's like, you won the weekend, dude. And I was like, oh, shit. And then um, and then I had this crazy, like, full, I won't go into it, but a full, one of those Entourage episodes, season 17 stories mm. where it was off to, they, as a thank you gift, I was flown off to Vegas for the weekend oh, to yeah. go see the Mayweather fight. Anyway, while I was out in Vegas, then I get the call. So they sent me out there as a thank you. Like, yeah, you know, well done, you mm-hmm. number one. And then um, we, we they, they uh, sent me a, a, 
they call me up on a Sunday mm. after I've been in Vegas on weekend, and they said, "Hey, you got can, can, can you come in on Monday at two o'clock and pitch the sequel?" Jesus, <laughs> wait, what movies was the Hitman's Bodyguard against? What was that weekend? I can't, I can't remember. Uh-huh. I can't remember. That was was it was it, was it was it like were you up against like a talking dog? <laughs> 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 it was blazed that weekend. No, we ended up being number one for like three weeks. Oh in a yeah, row. yeah. No, I remember that. So then they have you come in to pitch the sequel, yeah. and you just had to kind of pull it out of your ass. No, so I had a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's how, it's just the, the genius flow state. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like uh, battle rapping. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I had a pitch ready. So when I was uh, I was like in the off chance this thing was a hit. Um, I had something in my back pocket, so I had a little. I had a uh, like a. I think it was like a three or four page outline. So it's next to your ass. <laughs> yeah, next you, to my. You pulled it out. You pulled it out next to your ass. Next to my ass. <laughs> and then, um, but when you know when you go in and pitch these things, these they're fucking. It's crazy, dude. Because like, I, I remember there was like seventeen executives in a room. It's the worst. And and the door shuts, and you're like, it's a pro board. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and they're all looking worst. at you. Yeah. All of them are looking at you, and you know, it's like you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to just go nonstop. Yeah. Ready, set, go. And I think I, I I just went. I lit it up for like forty five minutes straight. It's just me just doing the clown show carpet sales. Mm-hmm. So I pitched the whole. Layout, and then they they said they greenlit it in the room at Lionsgate, and then um, and then that's when and you pulled I out your Instagram. In. Yeah, you pulled out your Instagram. <laughs> I was like, how do like, I? Two words, Murphy brothers. <laughs> Give us the Camp Good no, Boy did, podcast. You guys came to mind because you guys are fucking hilarious, and I love you both. But um, and creatively, we all align, and the best part is we all we all aligned on on like just living in Venice, just living mm, and breathing yeah, Venice, and all being hungry together, being lined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> But wait, okay, so let's go all the way back to the jogging shorts, though. Because yes, those are fun. Sign that it's, off. it's fun, to, like that Joe Esterhouse book. He talks mm-hmm. about like what a screenwriter should wear at a meeting. It's like rock t-shirt. And it's yeah. like, all right, dude. But like yeah. the jogging shorts, like the execs and producers, I feel like they love going to lunch being like, wait, do you get a load of this guy wore fucking jogging shorts in the yep. meeting? Like, oh, fucking hilarious. He's directing. This movie's going to be fucking great. Dude, I remember. I was, I was so, so they, they, they sent me to Vegas as a thank you. And, of course, what do you think happens over there when it's fight night? It was like that huge fight was going on. And you won the weekend. And I got, yeah, I was won the weekend. I had ringside seats. So, yeah, okay. I got lit there. Then it's like, hey, come in and pitch. It's like I remember on Monday I was parked at Lionsgate and I got there 30 minutes early and I was sitting in my car just slapping myself, trying to wake myself up, mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right, here we go. You got to, you got to get your game, game on." Time. Right? But did you have jogging shorts on? Yeah, I think it, I don't know. I can't even remember. I'm I think just I was still wearing the same clothes from But like when you were doing Expendables three and, and mm-hmm. Hitman's Bodyguard, did you yeah. direct in jogging shorts? Because when we were yeah. working on well, the script, well, this is the thing about jogging shorts. So, so when when we 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 it came for us, you guys, I slipped into your DMs and I said, and you guys said, yeah, well, let's work on the script together. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I I distinctly remember I, I sent 
I sent you a message saying you have to wear jogging shorts. Yeah, yeah. Because you came over to my apartment in like the skimpiest jogging shorts I've ever fucking seen in my life. And I was like, I no. just so happens I have a pair back there and you were wearing, well, you've been the, wearing the, them the too. Thing, yeah. The thing was, because I started jogging every morning and then it just, I think it's it's just a thing of, I can't be bothered changing. No. No, and 100%. I, it's yeah. like, what, what am I going to do? You know those people that go to the gym and then they shower and they've got a bag with other clothes yeah. they're put on nah. to go there? Who's got time for that? Nah, man. No. We just smash some weights. Yeah, maybe I swap a T-shirt because I stink. Yeah, but keep those shorts on. Spray on a bit of fuck dust. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Boom. Where's the pitch meeting? And now, go. when you win the weekend for Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, they just send boxes of jogging shorts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, but do you remember? So, so we 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 had to. Um, <clears throat> we were working out of New York, New York City. Yeah, so oh, we, we did yeah. some writing. We did some writing in in LA. Mm-hmm. Because we did several drafts together. Mm-hmm. Here at your yeah. place in Venice. Yeah. He, it was here. Yep. It was at my place in Venice. And, and then, then at some point towards the end, we had to go to New York. We went to the Tribeca Grand yeah. for a week. Yep. Yes. And we were all... And I think I accidentally got your suite. I never told you. I don't know if you... Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I had the fucking yeah, Rain Man shit up there. And then I remember we walked up to Patrick's room and like he had to get his computer and I just saw it and I was like, I can't tell him that I got the fucking... Yeah, your room was amazing. Room. But anyways, we would meet down in the lobby mm-hmm. and all of it... We're in this like swanky New York hotel and like everybody's like all New Yorked out, like doing... Looking all important and we would just come down in the middle in our jogging yeah. shorts and like... Yep. We took a picture. It was like fucking 10 degrees outside. We, we do have a picture of that day. We did. And then that is going to be the picture that we upload for the um, podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. yeah. And we're also, we're going to put two pictures because we're all wearing jogging shorts now. We mm-hmm. all agreed that we wear jogging shorts to this. Um, but yeah, so we all wore jogging shorts during the writing of the screenplay. Um, and then. I started wearing them because it's like if I can squeeze a run in or a gym session before I go to set. Um, so then often I, I just end up wearing jogging shorts on set. Because that's what you said when you came over. You're like, oh, I'm wearing these on set. So yeah. were you wearing them on set? Oh, yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah. And then like sometimes you get weird looks from like actors. Like, really? Well, I, mean, if <laughs> I was like, going to say if like the evolution. Because like, if you had worn those on Expendables 3, that's like Stallone. They might be like, who the fuck is this guy with these fucking nah, nice stems? But, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, you're freelance, dude. It's a freelance industry. Right. And it's like as long as you deliver on time, on budget. It, you know, show the game. Who gives, who gives, who gives I can wear a clown out. suit to work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can do man skies out, skies out, thighs out. <laughs> and sure. by the way, if anyone has a problem, show them the picture of the primary um, crew of Days of Thunder. Tony Scott. Yeah, like, yeah. his nuts are basically yeah. like oh, yeah. hanging out. Yeah, that picture is great. Yeah. it's a classic picture. Yeah, Tony Scott, and he had that pink hat. That pink he always, hat. Always mm-hmm. wore. It used to be red, and it got faded, mm-hmm. and some kid in Mexico gave it to him. Or yeah. something. some story. Behind. He's wearing like a fishing jacket. Jacket too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that famous. And then Cruz is in his is in his, in his fucking Days of Thunder gear. He's bull. Uh, what is oh? And then Don Simpson's wearing a race car suit yeah. as well. And then Bruckheimer's got like a tight white t shirt. Well, that it's picture like it's like the opposite of those. I mean. You like know, the corduroy suit Wes Anderson guys. Yeah, like, yeah. corduroy <laughs> suits, or you, then you've got the three-piece suits of. Um, uh, there's a, quite a few directors. Paul Feig. Yeah, Paul Feig. He's, he's uh, like a, a dandy. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Yeah. But no, I mean, Nolan wears like not so much a suit, but sort of like a sports jacket no. with an undercoat vibe. But you're moving around set. Know, you need distinct. to be comfortable. You yeah. need to be like, and especially you're directing action. And movies. you're in Europe, dude. And here's the thing: it's like the footwear is is crucial because when when you're directing, it's it's is it, it all looks and sounds glamorous. The reality is, and I'm not exaggerating, you're on your feet 16 hours a day, six days a week for six months. Yeah, that's that's what it is. From day one of pre-production right till you call rap on shooting. That's why when, when I get to an edit, all I do is like I just sleep on a couch for yeah. three months. Because you're just catching up. What's well, so, in the editing room? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like I remember like I was editing Hitman Bodyguard One in in Soho in London. And and it just took me. I was still just like cooked from the shoot. Mm-hmm. And I was editing with Jake Roberts. Um who we were just talking about who did Hell or High Water got oh, yeah. nominated for Academy Award for that and he's, he's an incredible editor and there was there was like there was just this period where I was editing number one on Hitman's Bodyguard that um, I did actually just need to catch up on my sleep mm-hmm. and I'd go to the edit and I'd, I'd sort of have some comments and we'd be looking at something and then at some point usually around 9.30 10am I'd just fall asleep on the couch mm-hmm. and then he'd wake me up at five and be like, yeah, another hard day at the cold face for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there ever any days when you're working on those huge movies where you're just like, I just don't want to do, I don't, I don't want to be here. Is the, does, is the love takes you through. Yeah. You sort of go into this warrior mode. Yeah. It's like a warrior mindset, which is like, um, you just embrace the pain. It is you. I think night shoots when towards the end Ooh. of like a like you know when you've been on your feet for shooting for three months, four months. It's uh, and then you get to those sort of two a.m. hours, mm. three a.m. Where it gets- and the, the trick with the, the thing with that is like I don't take sleeping tablets. I stopped taking those like sixteen years ago. Well, that's good. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) Central nervous system drug there. Uh, Nebutals after the shoot's done. No, because you, and and, and there's like, when you're on these night shoots, it's like, the easiest thing in the world would be for me to go straight to catering and say, hey, can I have a double espresso? Yeah, but boom, let's say I I, I down that at 3 a.m. When we wrap at 6 or 7, and I get back to my hotel or my apartment, it's like, you're not going to fall asleep. Dude. Yeah. You're going to be wide awake. Yeah. And you're watching so, dailies, right? Yeah. yeah you're right, in right, edits yeah. and right. all that stuff. It's horrible. No, it's wait, actually you're, horrible. You're not editing during filming. That doesn't exist, yeah. does it? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're cutting as you go. So so when you... Um, that's usually the last thing you do, or it's the first thing you do at the start of the day, is swing by the edit suite. Usually the last thing, because the editors don't work production hours. They work 9 to 5. Wait, did you have 3 a.m. nights on Snow Valley? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just directed a little film yeah. as well. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, but I mean, nothing compared to like, I mean, this is just a little 15 day, 15 day. But still, but to what do, you've been saying, it's fucking To hectic. do like four months, yeah. it's like. Yeah, but here's the thing about that. Like, um, it doesn't matter the, the scale of the budget. Yeah. It's still no, always the, the hardest thing you ever, ever, ever go through. Yeah. It gets nocturnal on mm. those night shoots. And yeah, you when you wake up, you wake up and like, you don't quite get a good night sleep. And so you wake up at 11 and you think like oh wait I, okay I guess I got five hours but you're you're all discombobulated mm-hmm. and then you don't shoot again until six at night so you have to tr- try and figure out what you're going to do with all those right, right. daylight hours and like you try and take a little nap but that can kind of fuck you up so yeah. yeah it's 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 definitely hard but um 
What is the, uh, but so when you, so after Hitman's Bodyguard and then doing the second one and the whole gang's back together again, is it a little easier because everyone's kind of in the flow of those characters? Yeah, it was kind of weird, like getting getting. It's like a reunion. Yeah, yeah. Reunion. and it was, and 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 I, I think the weird thing about this release is we've been sitting on a finished film for a year and a half. Now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We should Co- say oh, this yeah. film was supposed to come out last summer. Yeah, August. And uh, because of the the COVID uh, August twenty twenty the, the COVID nineteen pandemic, <laughs> it got pushed. Was there any talk of going to streaming? I think it's such a well, good movie. Ryan and I were both like, just fucking put it on streaming. Right. Like, just release it. And that's Ryan Reynolds, only, right? Yeah. And only because the... <laughs> the, the, the uh, only because the... Um, he's the know, editor? You, <laughs> oh, he's some guy. Yeah. The, only because the, 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 the... You know, you're watching, you're watching the world just burn, mm. right? Like, it was grim for everyone, right? Like, it's grim. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It's grim. There's so much isolation. It was horrible. And everyone's just sad and, you know, and, and then you're sitting on this movie that was like, even just the trailer, I just wanted to accidentally release the trailer. Oh, last time, Well, just, yeah, just right. in the middle of the pandemic, just go, oh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, because like you know, you know, I don't have to paint the picture. But Coming sometimes. Hitman's, <laughs> Hitman's wife's bodyguard is an app. You know, it's just a total romp of like balls to the wall action comedy entertainment, mm-hmm. um, and and it's just a laugh laughathon. So it's it's kind of frustrating when when you're like, you know what, the world, everyone just needs a laugh. So, and I felt like in during that pandemic, there was. You know, the, there was a period there where everything that was coming out of streaming was just this sort of weird. Yeah, it was like trolls. Oh, yeah, what did you say? It was B grade. So strange. No, it was like there was sort was, of this C grade like things, and and I started watching some of them. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was weird. Because you're sort of desperate for content. You know? It makes it more depressing because you're like, we're really living in like a, mm. an apocalyptic time. It's mm. like these are the movies that this is all they can string together, and then but there was a whole cache of like really good films that. Mm. Just they just had to wait mm. now. So I thought there was two good films that came out during the pandemic. One was um, Trolls, <laughs> Troll, <laughs> and Tiger King. What was, uh... No, no, no! You can't include streaming. <laughs> We're talking about like what was released on Apple uh, movies. But I, I thought Greenland was a ripper. Like that was a nail biter for me. Greenland. Actually, it really stressed me out that film. Greenland. I don't think it. Yeah, with Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah. yeah Thunder Road Again, it was, listen, there was a lot going on that summer. <laughs> no, and then the other one, the other one that sort of took me by surprise was a film called Outpost, which was based on a true story about the outpost in, uh, it was during the Iraq War, Afghanistan War. Huh. Should we talk about, speaking of Gerard Butler, should we talk about how he was almost going to be in the Hitman's Voice Bodyguard? Was he? <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, we were saying when we were writing, and I don't know if you were just telling us this to like keep us like enthusiastic, because if Ryan, we were writing the draft, and if mm. we were all done and this was the last shot and it was going to go to Ryan Reynolds mm. and if Ryan I mean Ryan Reynolds was doing other movies yeah. he could have conceivably passed if he didn't <laughs> like the script and you were like guys don't worry about that don't think like that we got Gerard Butler <laughs> already he must have just seen Outpost or whatever been no, like no, this no, guy no. be great <laughs> No, I was I, like, "Oh, great!" Okay, Ryan was always let's doing do it for Butler. Let's but there's sometimes no. where, like in sequels, sometimes it's different actors. That happens sometimes. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, if Gerard Butler had taken over as Michael Bryce, 
That's right. No, no, we started, like we, were playing, we were playing that game in yeah. like, what if in the alternate world exactly. where it's like one of those sequels where it's like everyone's just being replaced, but yeah, there's no mention of it in the story. No, what's yeah, a team of my two. first choice? Team of two. Yeah, I was or just like swap it out. Boom. You could, it could have been like the, hit, the hitman's brother's <laughs> wife's bodyguard, or or the, or the hitman's wife's bodyguard's brother, and it's like Gerard Butler. <laughs> and it all starts at like Michael Bryce's funeral because mm. that was a good runner we had going yeah. on. But because yeah, I think you been. were you were just like we got bad news, guys. Like Ryan doesn't like the script, but good news is we're going we're going to Gerard Butler. Butler did it. Names. Um, I thought it was just I thought it was just G. No, no, no. There was, there was uh, like I don't know Scott Con. <laughs> throw him in there. It was, that was that was a good good joke. But like when we were writing it. We were just. We, I think we were. We were all just hammering our fucking vape pens. Mm-hmm. Like you had a. You had a bigger vape pen than the one you got here. Oh, yeah, you've yeah, downsized yeah. to the jewel. And the yeah. people. It's a little sportier. Goes better with no, driving it's, shorts. It's, it's sportier. It's it's more s- uh, streamlined. Yeah. But you had your jewel. I had a jewel. I had the snooze, and you had a big pen. Oh yeah. I had and big sure one. enough, you'll say you'll see the the Magnuson in the movie is mm. fucking pulling through oh, a yeah. vape pen, yeah. and he fucking kills people with it. And then right. and, and then you guys that was you, created you, by the three. You of guys came up with the jewel pen knife. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a jewel that turned into like a lightsaber or something. Yeah. And then I think they just met in the middle and he just like is hitting a jewel. Yeah, I remember when I was watching it, you see him fucking come in. You see the fucking vape. I'm like, well, that happens because we were all ripping vapes. Yeah. That's, that's movie making right there. Right. I remember the, 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 um, God, the last time I was in this room, I was lying on that couch. I was lying on the couch just over here behind me. And, um, we were trying to work out like what's the second line of like we had, we had these layers of defense for the villain, and we were we were like oh what's something cool we could do for the for the one of the defense lines you know the outer perimeter, mm. and then was, and I was saying I was saying to you guys like it's got to be something crazy and you guys were like, yeah should be something like different unique and then I was like what about those jet hoverboards that come out of the water yeah. oh yeah and they yeah. hover and they put in the trailer so I'm allowed to talk about this. Um, <clears throat> But it's now become a key um, image of the advertising because we thought we thought it was like it was like something out of a shitty seventies uh, James Bond movie mm-hmm, where yeah. you were like yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. he's got hov- guys on hoverboards out of the water with guns yeah and then it, it was like you know here's the weird thing about directing a movie is like an idea you have lying on a couch in. Where we are in Hollywood, and then it's like six months later. I was sitting on a jet ski, like, and so, like, you know, when you're doing these films, your days are scheduled into a oblivion, and they're like, all right, at two thirty p.m., you're going to be picked up on this jet ski. They're going to take you out to this part of the um, the bay, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll you'll be watching the rehearsal with the six stuntmen on floating hoverboards <laughs> with guns. Um, just to see, just to work out if, if you're, you know, and this is like on your day off, you're watching a stunt rehearsal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, and you guys weren't there, but I wish you were because it was like, it was, it's just so it's weird. It's like it you is. put a random mm. idea that's one line in the script 
And then six months later, you're sitting there doing the reality of it, going, "This is the most insane, weird shit." I've yeah. ever seen. Well, it's, it's like the, the climax like, of the trailer. You think back yeah, yeah. to like sitting in this apartment in jogging shorts, hitting the vape pen, being like, "Yeah, how about they just come up from the water <laughs> on these like flying hoverboards with machine guns?" Right. And then you're actually out there watching it. Is like, what is this reality? Like, and then and, and aren't you yeah. glad you took a shot to try and be a filmmaker? Because it's one of those moments where it's like. Yo, that reality can happen yeah. if you just like go try and make your, a first film or something totally, like that. Totally. And I and I think actually one of the first nights we were hanging out in Venice, I remember it was late night. We were up on the patio. Everyone had left. We were having like cigarettes up there. The sun was kind of coming out of the palm trees. And I was like, we're all sitting here because we were just crazy enough to like write a screenplay. Yeah. And it like yeah, yeah, now yeah, yeah. we're I that. yeah now we're yeah. like on this patio like the it was kind of a magic moment. I mean I feel like the the universe Chris and our creative partnership at that moment. Yeah. Sure. And it's like, and then, you know, flash forward five years or whatever it is later, you got hoverboards coming out of the water with machine guns. <laughs> and it's like, wow. In Croatia. Yeah. In Croatia. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So for all those aspiring <clears throat> screenwriters and filmmakers out there, go for it. What if it did work? It, what if it did work? Hey, it, shout can, out Omar. it can work. And it's like, it doesn't, you won't have that moment if you don't actually so true. have that crazy fucked up idea. Yeah. And I think another thing was, um, uh, and I, I think this is in the trailer too, but like for the bad guy, it, it is like it's so <laughs> stupid, but all I could picture was him like. What we were like walking through the apartment. I'm like, what if he just has a machine right. gun and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I remember you, you kept acting it out. Yeah. <laughs> like no doubt. Like, I, I was just like, I saw the whole thing and then like I watched the trailer and sure enough, <laughs> Antonio Banderas is like in a fucking dinner coat with a machine gun, just like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I based it all off your performance. Yeah, walking through that. When when I was shooting with Antonio, I was like, no, 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 hold it, like. Yeah. Mid rift, like hold it by your sort of waistline, like yeah, you're in a western. Does. Yeah, and just keep going, keep shooting, <laughs> yeah. just keep. Yeah. And he's just—I mean, he's so. That final, that final sequence on the boat is so good at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's crazy. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. And then, and then we, we were like, because you guys had a big hand in. We, we, we said, oh, we're going to have a villain. Mm-hmm. It's got to be someone. Like, let's create a look, an image for him. Mm. And and we, we we all became obsessed. Remember, we there was a. A period where we were working on the script, where we were all like googling, like like I'm fascinated now with like when people become billionaires, like mm-hmm. like the clothes they wear, right. but it's just fucking insane. Yeah, well, we it's had, weird. It was it's like, like those just, um, those Armani shirts that no one would ever yeah. wear on Beverly Hills. But I think yeah. in the screenplay, he's he's written as Scarface meets Liberace, <laughs> yes. and then I saw the trailer. I was like, oh damn, it, like that's what he is. <laughs> Because his name, because we gave him that, we gave him the name Aristotle, yeah. Aristotle Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I forget what his name originally was, but, but, yeah. but, but then he's got a nickname in the script. Because I remember yeah. it was you. You said you said oh, we like some because all of us were walking around the apartment here and we're all like going Aristotle Papadopoulos, and it even slowed the conversation yeah. down. And it, it came from that because you. Then you said you you were like guys, we need a, like a shortness. We got to mm. speed this up because we're slowing down the workflow yep. here. And you were like, what about Papa D? <laughs> it sounds like a like a <laughs> shitty Italian food chain. <laughs> Papa D's like, like family like rest- a shit restaurant, Italian pizza restaurant. <laughs> it really does. It's got like two styles on Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, Papa D's. Pa- Papa D's. Make it a Papa but D's. I tell, I tell you, okay, <laughs> so here's the flow on effect. So so that idea spawned. So that we put it in the 
film Papa D. So yeah. and you know, and then Ryan's like, well, like starts calling him Papa D. Yeah, Papa D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, because so I then, think the so character then, says he's like, wait, we need, they the characters have the same conversation we were having, which yeah. is like, we can't keep saying this guy's name. We got it. <laughs> right, so right, right. I think Ryan is just like. What about Papa D? <laughs> but then it, then it gets to it gets to like you know like the flow on effect is I'm editing the film in Melbourne doing <clears throat> um, doing my director's cut and I've got my kids down there my my son's in the edit like you know you do school pickups and stuff like that and he's sitting in the edit and they're watching the film and then he starts walking around the house calling me he goes Papa D. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and he Papa literally texted me yesterday. He goes, text me. He goes, Papa D. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a great nickname, and it's cool. It uh, the movie reunites Salma Hayek and yeah. uh, who kills it in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's the she owns it, and uh, and Antonio Banderas there yeah. for the first time maybe since From Dust Till Dawn. Or yeah, oh, they've done like seven or? films okay. together. Now. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, Once Upon it, a Time in Mexico. What yeah. else were they in? Yeah, it had been a while. It's been a bit a of a stretch. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. It's crazy. Like, as, as, I would say, you know, as a director is, like, just trying to control and wrangle all these movie stars. Like, that's just, it's such a huge component of your job description. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you've got so many responsibilities and, there's, you know, like, you rock up on set, there's 1,200 crew and there's, you know, and, 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 and it's not in a bad way, but it's just, like, like these, these, they're crazy, crazy creative forces. Each single one of these movie stars, and they're movie stars for a reason because they're incredibly talented, and mm. they're all storytellers, and they love telling stories. Right. And then it, as soon as you get like more than like two or three of them together, like once you got like four or five on set, it like it's full blown wrangling. Yeah. But right. Like, like I re- literally feel like a kindergarten teacher, and it's like, all right, this this one's crying. I've got to deal with that one, and then you turn around, you so you sort that one out. You turn around, and it's like, oh, these two are fighting. Oh, let me just you know, and then you turn around, and the one <laughs> you looked after before is now run off and it's now, and right, it was right. just it's it's exhausting. Yeah. Do you have but, do you have like the they're not coming out of their trailer moments? Nah. Does that even exist anymore? Well, that's a, that was a, that, that's 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 a no. That is just nah. nah, nah, nah. I would nah. go full cobra. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm go, I, I I would just go. Hey, dirtbag, you a lousy shot. <laughs> no, but, I'm, I'm, you just got to be like I don't know. I I, I kind of manhandle the um, actors a bit in in a good way. Just like you know, you got to wrangle them. You gotta, because it, and, and and also like I say all this, and then so many times like, um, you know I get lost in a storytelling conversation. I'm listening like Ryan's telling me some crazy story, and I'm telling him a crazy story, and then the, like the AD comes up, it's like, you know, we, we, we got to make a move. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, right, right, we're, right. we're ready to shoot. Pull yourself up by the hey, you, you guys are aware we're ready to shoot, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got to finish telling the stories. So uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, you know it's, it's I guess everyone's got to wrangle each other. But let, like, I mean, let's talk about how you cut your teeth because you've now made three huge movies with huge stars. But four. after Red, four. well, let's I'm gonna yeah. get to four because four like most directors kind of work their way up and they'll they'll do an indie and they'll maybe have like one star and then they'll like do a smaller studio film. Mm-hmm. You went straight from your indie Australian from Red Hill, yep. which is a great film that everyone should watch. But you're 
first gig as a major Hollywood director was Expendables mm. 3 mm. with every major action star in modern American history. Yeah. I like talk about <laughs> cutting your teeth. Like, what is that? Like, so it's like, I mean, Stallone, Schwartz, Schwarzenegger. It goes, I mean, Harrison Dolph Ford, uh, Wesley Snipes. Mel Gibson was in that. Uh, Statham, uh, Mel Gibson, Jet Li. Jet Li. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Dude. Dolph Lundgren. And that's it, your first gig. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the fuck was that even? What was I, that? It was like? trial by fire, dude. I mean, I, I took it in my stride. I was like, yeah. all right. I mean, the thing with that was it was just like I knew going into it. I was like, right. And that, and it's also, I would say that's part of the Australian way is, is, is I just knew it's like you, you got to control this set. You have to take control mm. of it. Because if you, if you, if you lose control, it's going to be just a steamrolled game over. Right. Um, and I actually do really, I enjoy that aspect of, of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, look, it's no, it's, it's no secret. I'm an extrovert. I'm quite loud. I'm quite brash. Mm. I'm quite I'm full of bravado. Uh, and I do bring that energy to set. So it was just like, and then literally got to the point where I was, you know, talk about wrangling movie stars. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Stay them. Come over here. Stand here. Stop talking. Slide. Shut, shut up. <laughs> I was literally, it got to that point where it was like, because everyone's talking, you know, like yeah. I said before, it's like, dude, if you think you get like three or four movie stars together, but they were like, try with when you're in a room with thirteen of them. Oh my god, it's like, you know. But because Stallone, well, because obviously a he's Stallone, but he's also a director mm. and writer. Was he? I mean, he might, that must have been like challenging because I mean he's probably challenging how to do a shot and. Yeah, but you just got to hold your own. Yeah, you? right, right. I don't know. So and it's one of those things where it's like, is it so surreal that you're just like, you nah. just ride the wave or is it, does it become normal? It no, it's, sur- it's surreal for, for all of three seconds, but then yeah. you realize, you know, as a director, you're responsible for the budget and the schedule. Yeah. And you realize you've got seven and a half hours of daylight left. Right. And you've got to make your day. And then that's more important than anything on planet earth at that point. Yeah. So it's more like uh, you live and die. It's, I mean, it's just trial by fire. But after going through that, did you feel like you could, do you were ready for, you were pretty much ready. Yeah, that, gave, that actually gave me the stamp in Hollywood. Mm. Like, you know, like that, that, that movie was like a painful fucking process to get through. And it, and it, and it wasn't like the greatest outcome I wanted. But, but it, what it did give me was a stamp of approval in Hollywood that, that, you know, you can work with big movie stars. And it's like, hey, man, if you need someone that can wrangle movie stars, then Pat can do it. Yeah. You can, find, you can find him at a, a Venice, wherever there's a Venice house party. He's down there. You, with can, you. you can slip into his DMs on, on Instagram. <laughs> right, right. No, I want to go all the way back to Australia. You as a young kid. What was the film that lit your fuse? <laughs> Brazing Arizona. Ah, okay. 100%. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, it did. But you've been watching the first, black, first black comedy I ever saw. And you were just like, I want to do this? Dude, that, was, that, that actually, it was like an existential sort of moment for mm-hmm. me. Wait, like it literally you? blew my mind. I was I was like eight or nine years old. Ah, and I watched it on an aeroplane. Um, I was flying to Europe. Uh, it was ran- random story, but I won a I won a comp- My sister and I entered a competition. It was like um, uh, in twenty five words or less. Why you want to go to Legoland? And we wrote we wrote this poster. We made this poster and we drew these pictures because we entered this competition. We fucking won it. Wow. Yeah. 
and we, 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 you know, we didn't come from a lot of money at all. Uh, you know, like, uh, so it was like a big deal. So, and it was a, it was a family vacation to Legoland in Denmark from Melbourne, Australia. Wow. wow. And this is like in the eighties, bro. So it was like, wow. So, and th- this is back in the day when, when, you, when you flew on an aircraft, uh, that was my first time flying on a fucking aircraft, I think. You could smoke. Yeah, people were smoking. <laughs> the other thing is they had one screen. They had a projector. They had, like, just projecting one screen. Oh, they didn't yeah. have TVs behind right. the seats. And then they said, um, it, I think it was a Swedish Airways flight or something. And they said um, that, the, they said, I remember the announcement. They said, oh, you know, if you've got kids, just tell them to go to sleep now because this film's not appropriate for children. <laughs> yeah, right. And then they played um, the Coen Brothers Rosie, wow. Arizona. Interesting. And so my mom, my mom, my mom, I remember I was like sleeping on the, the seat. You know, I was next to my mom and she's like, oh, you have to go to sleep. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to sleep. And I lay my head down on a headrest, but I could still see between the gap. I could see the screen. I, I, didn't, I couldn't watch the whole screen of the film, but I saw like like this sort of V-shaped sort of version of 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 the screen that was being projected and um that freaking blew my mind dude and i had one eye closed that's that that was the other thing i was pretending with my mum when i was asleep so i was like i had one eye closed that so she if she looked at me she thought i was asleep Mm -hmm. but i actually watched the whole movie like this with it through a headrest through two slots of a seat Actually, what's in the, what's in that movie that's so inappropriate? It's it, the, the thing that like lit my fuse was when um, I Nicholas, just stole that Nicholas, question from Deadline, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ah. on. Nicholas Cage, uh, he he robs robs the um, like looks steals like steals con- convenience stores, convenience and then they st- no, steal he robs a convenience store with a shotgun, sawed okay. off shotgun. He robs the convenience store for diapers because he's got a baby, right? And I was like, this is absolutely fucking insane. That's like their best movie. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, I, I, would, I would say this about that film. is the opening, the opening, like, it's one of those late reveal uh, where you drop the title of the film late. Oh, yeah. Did you know it's actually 11, 11 minutes and 30 seconds in before right. they drop the title that says Raising Arizona? Yeah. And I still say to this day, I think it's probably that 11 minutes is some of the best filmmaking on planet earth i might watch that tonight yeah it's a great movie it is no it is phenomenal as a sequence like they i can see how when when, when they were writing it they just went we're going to take a, a sequential approach to this mm. and it is powerhouse filmmaking because when they drop the title it is the climactic moment you just like oh shit now the movie starts and there's that great no. Yeah. Well, I forget what happens before the title drop. I can't even remember it. That it's introducing. I love you like a small flower. Will you marry me? And so it's about a criminal right, that falls right. in love with the um, prison warden. It's basically eleven prison minutes setup of their situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It sets up their relationship. So, right. like, like, so after the opening title sequence, you like, you, you're, in, you know, like you, you, you completely one hundred and ten percent engaged and mm-hmm. emotionally you know, drawn to these characters and their relationship. And if you're going to pull off that late 
title like that 11 minute in title because sometimes movies do it and i'm like did you really <laughs> yeah. did you really just think that what you just showed me earned the mm, late yeah. title coming up because mm. a lot of times it doesn't right. so and that is one that definitely does like yeah. if you're gonna go with the late title come up that opening sequence better be fire yeah mm. it is good i haven't watched it in a while it really mm. is a great movie mm. so, all right so you're coen brothers guy i'll um Love Miller's Crossing. No, no That's country old man. Miller's that was a huge influence for me from my first film, certainly. Yeah, I don't love that movie. You don't love Patrick's it? first eh. movie. <laughs> no <laughs> country old man. Eh. They're, they're, really? I feel like they lost. Like I love everything about like Raising Arizona and Fargo and Barton Fink and Miller's Crossing. I don't know some of their newer stuff lost like the like the kind of the whimsical fun kind of spirit that they had in their earlier stuff. Like, I don't love the Big Lebowski, but, like, even that, like, had that, what I'm talking about. Right. No Country for Old Men was just kind of like, eh. I liked that gun. Really? I liked that gun that fucking, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever that his name? actor's name, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan had. Yeah, what, what they used, <laughs> that's what that? they used to, to. Oh, but let's talk about that, because Woody Harrelson's in that film. He's yeah. amazing in that. Yeah. And you just worked with Woody Harrelson. I did. Yeah. I yeah, do. man from Toronto, which is uh, we've had the pleasure of doing some work yeah, on. We did a little work yeah. on that. Yeah. One too. We took, oh, yeah. we, I, just, we took I slipped. Home. I slipped into your DMs again. Yeah, you did. Yeah. We we did, we, uh, <laughs> we did a little work at the beginning of it, and we did a little work at the end of it. Yeah. And I've 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 seen it. It's f- fucking hysterical. Yeah. But I mean, he's must have been. I mean, a, yeah, he's great. You can work with all those the all the action stars that you've worked with, but yeah. like Woody Harrelson is like oh, I love him. I mean, he's I really like love he's him. one of the best human beings on the planet. No, well, he, he is. Like his cheers was a huge show and the 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 coach the old bartender was a huge character and he died and Woody Harrelson was his replacement like without missing a beat like that that show didn't miss a beat right once Woody Harrelson came in because it's like who's this new guy well, picked oh, up a beat. this guy's crushing it yeah totally picked up a beat he's fucking yeah. he just he's just got it no from I the get-go absolutely love Woody I mean that that was it was a really tough shoot because we were shooting. Well, let's talk about that because during the pandemic, yeah. yeah so you fun. made the, not only were working with Woody Harrelson, but you made a huge Hollywood movie during all COVID. Yeah, like because we I remember we started working, we started doing a little bit of work on that at the beginning of the pandemic because mm-hmm. yeah. the first meeting we did was like when Zoom was just starting. Like uh-huh. we had a meeting to go meet with everyone and you, and then that got canceled because yeah. of the pandemic, and. And then I couldn't believe that that movie literally just kept going. What was yeah. that like making that film during? Yeah. So what 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 happened was we were um, I did pre production in Atlanta. <clears throat> we were supposed to shoot that film in March uh-huh. last year, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And then I did three months pre production. We were nine days out from shooting, and then COVID kicked in, mm. and and then and the, I remember uh, <clears throat> Sony called me, and they were like. So do you want to just like, just, you know, we're going to take a sabbatical for two weeks, you know, like take a little downturn. And I was like, this ain't, no, this is not two weeks. Oh, because everyone, right. thought, everyone thought COVID was only going to be yeah. two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like everyone was listening to Trump at that point. And yeah. I was like, this shit is not going away. Yeah. Like, and they said, and so they offered me, they said, oh, do you, do you want to just hang out in Atlanta? Because, it, you know, I was like prep the film and I'd, found 47 locations and, and as a director like it's a shit ton of work like mm-hmm. you know I'd done three months prep and then you shoot for three months that's what happens and uh, I'd done all the prep and then I get the call and they're like do you want to hang out and I was like nah I'm, I'm out of here I'm, I know what's going to happen so I, I got on the, f- the first flight 
back to um, Melbourne, back to LA, and it got me back to Melbourne, and then um, and then we shut down. That's exactly what happened. What I thought would happen happened, and and uh, we got told no, we, 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 we shut the production down. So actually, at that point, I thought the film was over. I was like, oh, it's all over. And, you know, I was talking to Kevin at the time and, and Woody as well, and, and it was all like, you know, everyone was sort of up in air. And then it, it came back, and then I get a call from Sony, you know, after I've been in lockdown for like a couple of months, and they were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to move the production across the border. We're going to just pick everything up. We Because we, we, we'd been building sets. And in they Toronto? Just, yeah, they yeah. literally just pulled pulled the sets they packed them put them in these trucks and they just drove everything that was in in atlanta they drove it across the border to toronto because they had covid under control and um that's what happened that's crazy too because people have figured out how to make stuff during the pandemic but you were like that was Mm. like a test uh Mm. run and like nobody it was all new like yeah was the, it just like the, totally the, the, surreal? The, the, the biggest challenge was that, that no one's insuring films. And whoa, yeah. So so Sony personally had to put up like well, Sony the company had to put up um, money against the actual budget, right? That was the only way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Is so you had to. They had thankfully they had deep pockets, um, and then because there's no company on earth was going to insure a, a film shoot amongst a global pandemic but then the challenge of that shoot was so then i fly to toronto and i have to restart i do pre-production all over again do three months of that and but then as a director it's like i had to sit in isolation i could not interact with the outside world right and i know i'd spoken to you guys at the time Mm. i spoke to you a couple of times like over the phone where it was like it it got that was brutal i was enjoying your isolation content though on instagram yeah you mean that that taxi driver yeah yeah, Yeah. i I was like i've got to find like what can i do it was great on your treadmill like i loved that yeah yeah i called it uber driver yeah. like the reboot mm-hmm. of taxi driver yeah that was a short film <laughs> it was. Yeah. that was great so yeah that must have been crazy so you you are the the the, the protocols for the for the covid for the set are all crazy because everybody's yeah. in masks and all Everyone. social distance and everything like that and then at the end of the day it's not like oh you can't bullshit with the crew and, and have some, some no. downtime. You've no. got to go straight back to your like right. isolation. And yeah. then even on the weekends, like yeah. you are up yeah. in that room and yeah. you started to, you kind of, uh, it, did you ultimately ha- think it was a good experience? Like you kind of, I would it. certainly say it was probably the, <clears throat> you know, like it's, I'm conflicted because it, on one side, it's like, I'm incredibly grateful to be working during a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, it's like, you know, because normally on these shoots, you know, like you're away for six months of the year. And, you know, it's like my, my kids will fly out three times during that. And and f- friends and family come and visit. And, you know, like, you you, you know, you, you have a social experience while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was like nothing. Right. It was just like you work 16 hours a day and you sit by yourself every night by yourself for six for six months Ugh, and it and it, and it and and i had a beautiful penthouse i won't lie that it was, was nice lovely but it doesn't you know like what i realized i was like it, it it really didn't matter where you were like the one thing i needed was like because i got to one point it was i realized it was like you know i haven't been fucking hugged in five months right <laughs> You know, and yeah. I know it's like maybe it sounds like a joke, but it's like when you think about it, you're like, we're social beings. We need human connection. We need 
you know, and it, and so then you're carrying all that, and then you're carrying this mother load of a production and a budget, and and again, as you know, as a director, you got to deliver on the schedule and the budget, and it's you know, you basically become you are the CEO of that investment, right? The buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't really rock up to set going. You know what? I'm feeling really isolated and lonely, guys. Oh, and yeah. just really, you know, right, it's right. like, no, man, they just need leadership, dude. You've got yeah. to be the strong warrior mm-hmm. and you've got to be the even kill in a storm. So it's like you're bringing that every day. But I think, so the, I would say the one benefit, like, and it was, it was. I would say the, what the silver lining in all of it is it made me look inwards, and that's been a journey that I've been on ever since. Right, yeah, you started meditating. Yeah, meditating. Yeah. And then this, 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 you know, like, you know, because we, we discussed it, which was, you know, I started looking at, I love the business I work in. Right. There is a dark side to it that I don't think is, gets acknowledged enough, which is that, that there's so much travel involved and I know it seems so glamorous and amazing, but dude, like once you've seen, you know, 500 fucking hotel rooms it doesn't matter where you're staying they're all right. the same yeah it's all the same the reality is it's like what i've learned is that what you're actually what you miss the most is genuine connection like what we're doing now just hanging out yeah, chatting man. like you miss that you fucking miss it and you miss your kids you miss your family you miss your loved ones and then and often in this industry as you you do you spend an incredible amount of time alone and you know, although, now you know what it's like to be a screenwriter, <laughs> even when there isn't a pandemic. I was gonna say all the ho- all the hotel rooms are the same, especially when you didn't when you didn't get the right hotel room that you got in New York. I, yeah, I had the director's suite. Wait, so was we that you had to be tested before you went on set? And then Dude, I was so I was tested. I've been tested ninety six times. I'm fully vaccinated. I still have to get tested now to go. I'm working. I'm editing on the Sony lot at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, we were tested four times a week. Jesus, yeah, such a pain in the ass. Well, yeah. and, and how was the overall morale of everybody? In, oh, well, that, that was the other good thing that came out of it, and that's what I was really grateful and thankful for is that when when you know you got Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson right. on set. I mean, it was like I couldn't have been with two of the most beautiful, giving, caring, loving human beings I've ever worked with in my life, mm-hmm. and to have them. You know, it just, it was like, well, thank God this process of actually making the film is going to be something that's joyous. Yeah, it's like, you could have been working on like a Jeremy Irons, like, (laughs) period piece or something, like... <laughs> yeah, that would have really just been grim. like I can't. Yeah. I just I can't do this anymore. Because like I don't, I don't imagine like Jeremy Irons is pulling out those Kevin Hart singers in between takes. <laughs> oh man! Oh wow! Yeah, that. Uh, how was the edit going there on that one? Good. It, was, it looked good. Yeah, yeah. We we were, cut, we were cutting away today. So um, yeah, I still owe pickups and. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nice filmmaking, man. It's yeah, never ends. because it's like never you think it, it doesn't end until it opens in the cinema. Then, then officially, then you, you're done. That's what like, I try to yeah, tell yeah. people with screenwriting. These things are even a. I mean, it a, just keeps going. Scripts are never fucking done. Yeah. So you write it, and then like, I mean, I, I feel like when we're writing, like. You don't try to get it fucking perfect on that first oh, draft. No, you're you wasting gotta, your time and your yeah. like mental energy. Just like show that it's a movie and fucking 
put your best foot forward and be yeah. like, oh, we got something here. Let's go forward. Yeah. Because like, ju- like just when they say it's a wrap, it's like, okay, great. But now it's like the beginning of a whole other yeah, fucking totally. package. That's why they, uh, like, anyone that works in post-production laughs when you go, oh, when, when you have a wrap party. Yeah. They're you like, know, you have like idiots. some ball of rap party. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, if you look at anyone that's like in the editing department, oh, post-production, yeah, right. you, like you could do a panning shot. I remember on Hitman Bodyguard 1, <laughs> I literally had this like crazy ass, the most crazy ass rap party in, I've ever had in my life was in Amsterdam. And we, we took out this three floor nightclub because we just lit it up and... And I, I remember turning around, I'm looking at the debauchery that's going on. I turned around and it was just all the post-production crew standing there. And they're all standing there just drinking water. Yeah. Because they're mm. like, yeah, this is not a rap party. This is just the beginning. This yeah, is a really. nightmare party. Yeah. For us. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you, you, know, you sort of hand over the ball. You hand the torch yeah. over and it's like, oh, now it's your responsibility. Yeah, and you're like on set writing. Like those scripts are never fucking done. Oh, no, oh, that God. first draft. Don't try to get that first draft perfect. Never no, no. try to do that. You're doing yourself a major disservice. Yeah, it just keeps going yeah. and going. You're gonna do rewrites. You're gonna get fucking fired, or maybe mm. you're gonna get rehired. And mm. I, it's, you're it's gonna stupid. get a rehab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <insane. laughs> it's stupid. And then you're working with the actors, and they're coming up with. I mean, it's exactly. just yeah, it's, it's never ending. And then you might need to do reshoots. Oh, we got to write some more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So are you? Are we saying let's wrap on rap parties? No, no more rap parties. Oh, no, I'm still am. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe for the actors, they're fun. And yeah. no, they are. They're, they're, I think it is important to have a sign off. Yeah. Um, did you see? I was. We were reading today about their the Fast and the Furious is about to merge with Jurassic Park. No way. (laughs) And like, normally I might've been like, wait, that's the dumbest, but like picture those cars racing and there's like fucking pterodactyls. Like, are you serious? It's like a, it's like a rumor. Yeah. It's going around. It's it's got legs. It's like, yeah, it's got pterodactyl legs. Yeah. As Patrick, (laughs) as as Patrick speed dials his agent. Why why am I I not on this? Why am I not seeing this? (laughs) That fast and the furious franchise, that's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to take him to space. It's like, let's take him to a dinosaur. It's like I saw the trailer and it's got like spaceships in it. Now. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. But I, right. like that's started like out some as a street like, racing movie, you know. Like, Wait, is it the same studio? Universal, yeah. Yeah, Those I'm just their... picturing some like some exec just woke up in the middle of the night to take a piss and just had this epiphany and was just like didn't go back to sleep and just stormed right. in the head of the studio. No, and was like dude, Fast that's... and the Furious with fucking dinosaurs. No, that's that's straight up. <laughs> that's ketamine. <laughs> ketamine came up with that idea. <laughs> That's the sort of shit I'd come up with if I did an well, ounce of ketamine. It's like a joke, and then you're like, wait a second. I oh, my God, I'm, I'm reading the article right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's out there. Fast and the Furious could cross over with Jurassic World, says director. Eh. But, like, think about it. It's like, what would it be? Like, Hitman's, Hitman's wife's bodyguard's, like, dragon. <laughs> it's worth- it's like Game of Thrones meets Hitman's no, bodyguard. Hitman's wife's bodyguard's trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Hitman's wife's troll. Hitman's wife's bodyguard's troll. Like Selma Hayek has a fucking magical troll in, in her in her purse. Breeze, Ry- Ryan Reynolds in a troll. Like, it's worth. It's. T- I'm sure they're having a, bl- a blast, like brainstorming what that could be. Yeah, mm. Vin Diesel and like staring Stu- down a T Rex. The studio. The studio supplies the ketamine for those meetings. <laughs> Vin Diesel staring down a T Rex going. 
I don't fucking believe it. La Familia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, like by way, that would definitely be a moment, like him coming straight head on totally. with T-Rex. Why not? Yeah. I'm go, here for it. Go for it. Would you direct that if they offered it to you tomorrow? 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, hard yes. Yeah, like, that's great. a hard yeah. yes. Hard yes. Because that would and, probably film down on like a... And like also, I would, I, would, I would just sort of just... I would... On that, on that Jurassic World and Fast and Furious... I wouldn't do any prep. Mm-hmm. Just rock up. Yeah, just, just, be, just be like, I don't know. Let's have, let's shoot something, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? You got to film that just jogging shorts, like no shirt, no shirt. like a bandana yeah. around your neck, maybe. <laughs> or you, yeah, you got to dress like no, uh, no shoes. Jeff no, Goldblum no, because you're probably uh, in like Costa Rica or something. <laughs> that would be fucking sick. Oh yeah, bring Goldblum. Well, back. that's the thing. You got to have all the fast, the Fast and the Furious crew, but then you got to have Goldblum. You got to have the other guy. Well, here's the thing, Jer- uh, Dern. Laura Dern. They brought back dinosaurs with by getting mosquito DNA. They could probably bring Paul Walker back. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. Yeah. And on that note, that concludes the podcast. Wait, so we always talk about like kind of when like with screeners, like you kind of got like the condescending friends who are just mm-hmm. like, you wrote that? Mm-hmm. Do you have? Do you ever have that in your directing career? Like from friends of Australia that are just like uh, Hollywood Patrick or like. Do you wait? So you, tell me about this directing. Like you directed, still like doing you the actually, Hollywood like, thing? Yeah, you still doing the directing thing? You have like dickhead yeah, friends. I had, that, I had that quite a lot. Which okay. was which was I guess that exists. But actually, in Australia, isn't there this concept of like the highest blade of grass or something gets like chopped down? Like an or Australian t- culture, tall, po- tall poppy syndrome, they call it. Yeah, yeah. is that a real thing? Yeah, I, I don't really. I don't get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. No. I don't. I mean, it's like they want everybody to just be like you don't. You, you can't be too flashy, or they're gonna they're gonna kind yeah. of knock you down. I don't know. I'm. I'm yeah. I haven't. I haven't. I can't say I've really experienced. I mean, unless people do it behind your back. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I don't know. Maybe maybe they do it to your face. Yeah, we, we well, should uh, fire up the, the, the Patrick Hughes subreddit. <laughs> it's just like what? get rid of this asshole. Who let oh, this really? guy mate? Yeah, oh, no, really? no, I'm just. Has there, has there been a uh, uh, AMA in Reddit for the Hitman's Bodyguard? A what? <laughs> and that's like where you're, where you're sorry. I'm not exactly a millennial. The right. Hey, I never go on Reddit, but that's like a thing where you, like, if you go on Reddit, like fans of the movie will come and ask you questions. You're like in Reddit. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know what Reddit is. I never go on there <laughs> ever. I just heard about it. And then, but you, so you've been, they've been grinding. You've just been doing press all week because the movie comes out Friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been doing a ton of press. So I'm doing all Australian press tomorrow. Right. Ooh. I did the international press over the weekend and then, uh, and then off to New York this weekend to go open the film and do more press. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. So yeah, cause it opens Friday and then they, I mean, yeah, that is crazy. So they, it is just one interview after another, after another. Oh my God. It's the same. Yeah. And it's like, it's, and they're not asking you how you met the, I, the writers. <laughs> no. And I get it. I get it. You know it. It's a game. It's a process. It's a bit, but it's like, it's so far removed from like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you start out, you're making shorts, you're trying to get into film school, you get into film school, you do three years there, you make more shorts. And I made fucking 35 short films before wow. I made my first film. Wow. And then I made a million commercials before that. And then oh, it was right. like, there's like a, the, the there's the craft of, of filmmaking, right? And it is, you know, it's like a craft that like a, what defines a craft. It gets passed down over the generations. Like you have to learn it, mm-hmm. right? 
and you learn it, and and then you make these films, and then you finish making them, and then nothing usually happens for about six to eight months, unless there's a global pandemic, which means nothing happens for fucking year and a half. Mm. And then they go, we're going to release it. And then you discover the marketing machine, mm-hmm. which is a crucial part of like making these films. But it's got like, there's it, like, I'm kind of torn because part of me is like, this has got nothing to do with the process of making films, but it's everything to do with the process of making films. Mm-hmm. Because if no one sees your film, then like, what's the point in making it? Because it is a business. So, um, yeah, it's grueling. And then, you know, like you just do interview after interview. And, of course, what do they ask? What do you think they ask? Yeah. How would you get started? What, did no, you yeah. no, no, no. Do you think any questions directed at me? About, no. Uh, what is it? So, what's it like working with, with Ryan Reynolds? Oh, yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, what is it like working with <laughs> Sam? <laughs> what is it like working with Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson? Yeah. What's it like working Ryan, with yeah. Selma Hayek? And you just like uh, you know, and when you do, you answer that question for ten hours straight. It's you're trying to stay fresh. Well, you, the you director, you like, probably have some sometimes I just wish, I wish, I wish they'd just be like, "What's it like on a night shoot when it's sideways rain and the generator's broken down and a crane sideways and the helicopter has to refuel?" And actors are getting cranky, and you've got four hours left, and the, the stunt that you were shooting went wrong, and it's going to take an hour to reset. So now you're scrambling, trying to find something to shoot while they reset the stunt for an hour. Like, <laughs> like that would be an interesting question. Meanwhile, as we got those like sound <laughs> yeah. effects outside, oh, is that a police helicopter? <laughs> yeah. a chopper outside. Well, no, you do. Yeah, you do. I guess. Yeah, if you're doing like a director interview or something like that. But I guess it must. Do you ever just feel like you lose it? And you're like, you know what? Working with Ryan Reynolds fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> Well, there's not enough aviation gin in the world that makes it fucking bearable. There's got to be at it's least as unbearable one. as the question you just asked me. There's got to be at least one one of the interviews where you can just kind of fucking mail it and just be like, "So what's it like working with Ryan Reynolds?" I don't know. <laughs> I would like, say just be like Billy Bob yeah. Thornton in that one radio interview where he was just like, "Yeah, I don't know. Why, why would, you, would you ask Petty how he came over that note? Like, yeah. be a total dick. Like, find the one that you just don't give the fuck about." Just be like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's it like working with uh, with your job? What's it like working <laughs> yeah. with all these people? <laughs> Just throw the question straight back at him. How do you answer that question? What, what, yeah, what is it like working with Ryan? Reynolds? I'm sure it's. Really I would fun. say good to very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah. Good. Next question. Well, yeah. What's it like? Good. No, I love it's Ryan. Good. I do. It's good. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's super fun. No, yeah, we have, we have a ball. That, that's the best thing that's come out of the franchise is um, the friendship with him, uh-huh. and because um, he's he's a he's a fucking writer in his own right, and and uh, and a creative force, and um, I don't know, it's just like sort of kindred souls on that front, mm-hmm. and um, like like the, my favorite thing in the whole franchise is just the text chain that I have with Ryan. right. <laughs> You know, I'll think of the most batshit crazy idea that comes to me when I'm jogging at like five in the morning in my jogging shorts. And I'm like, holy, that's where all my best ideas come, by the way. I don't have any well, screenwriters. Do I'm any jogging. other screenwriters listen to this podcast? Like, if you want good ideas, like if, go well, that's the thing. If you're go interested jogging. in being a filmmaker, strap on, don't go to film school, strap don't, on I those swear jogging to God, shorts. You know what? Oh. Do, you, do you have any authors follow that? Uh, like the famous podcast? authors? Yeah, Stephen King's a listener. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
the follow that rule of like, dude, get the blood flow going. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get the blood flow going through your head. Writer's block is absolute bullshit. Writer's block is if the second you can't Actually, crack an idea. I agree. Put jogging shorts on and. Go for a run, and I swear to God, you, every time you crack it, you solve a problem in mm-hmm, your head, yeah. even when you're not thinking about. Oh, it. Oh, when I was doing stand up in New York City, I wrote almost all my shit just walking around New York City. Yeah, and then I'll come up with a ton of stuff while I'm walking, Molly. Right. Well, the then day, also as sure. far as writer's block goes, uh, that the. the <laughs> I need to pee. Can we pause yeah, this yeah, spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can. You can just take a take a break. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we get a chance to talk about Pachamama CBD. Oh, yeah. um, Again, still got our sponsor. <laughs> uh, Pachamama is multi-award winning, organically grown, uh, as you know. Uh, beyond being triple lab tested, Pachamama is clean label certified and purity awarded by the Clean Label Project. It's the good stuff, people. We use a lot of CBD to wind down from uh, writing Hitman's Wife's Body. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and this, that was before Pachamama. Imagine if you had Pachamama. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, instead of artificially flavoring our tinctures, we pair, yeah. we pair them with nutrient-rich superfoods. We, I'm talking like it's fucking like my product. Our, our, our superfood ingredients are ethically sourced from around the world. It's, the, it's great, great CBD, so you're going to get on it. They got a lot of new products as well. So uh, go to PachamamaCBD.com. That's P-A-C-H-A-M-A-M-A-C-B-D.com. Type in Camp 20 for 20% off. Yeah, and all um, we'll, we'll, we'll give a huge rip of this. Uh, oh, yeah. These profits for all the listeners that are going to be tuning in. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, uh, the other thing about writer's block, though, is that I'm a firm believer of write the bad version mm. and keep going. Yeah. And you just, like, you, like you walk through with uh, 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 Antonio Banderas with a machine gun, and it's just like, it just keeps going. Like, yep. those ideas are like the, the bad guys coming up from the air, on, uh, from the water on the hoverboard. Like, that would conceivably be That's not a, a great, idea, it's, not, it's not a bad idea, no. but like, if you just go for just the most absurd thing, just to keep it going. And that, I mean, when you, when you think of any, like, just think of any crazy scene in a movie, that's existed throughout the history of movies. It's just like, man, how did they think of that? Literally what you just yeah. said. It's like, that's yeah. I, writer's block is a fucking myth. Mm-hmm. Just fucking, you just got to keep going. Just start, keep your fucking fingers tapping. Mm-hmm. It'll come mm-hmm. that vomit draft. That first vomit draft is just, it's going to try to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Just get any stupid idea. out. Yeah. I can actually, I kind of, uh, I kind of compare it to, uh, if you're on a dating app, just swipe right on everybody. Yeah. And it's going to be 98% just like, I don't want to, I would never go out with this person. And then 2% like, ah, yeah, this is a good looking person. Oh, they were actually really nice too. Right. That's kind of like what the vomit draft of screenwriting is like. Mm-hmm. Just fucking go for it. Just got to sift through all the I, I vomit. I believe that technique's yeah. called carpet bombing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. Utilized by the Americans in the Vietnam War. But wow, wow, wow. Easy, easy, <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, well, it's exciting. So yeah, this Friday you can see it an IMAX, I think, and then I think next Wednesday, wide, wide. IMAX was. Is this your first IMAX movie? Was Hitman's Bodyguard an IMAX? I can't remember. I haven't seen an IMAX movie in a long time. No. Well, I mean, we didn't. I didn't shoot on seventy mil, like. <laughs> Yeah, do you have to film IMAX movies in an, like, oh, yeah, an Patrick, IMAX? Did you shoot? Did you shoot this on film? You shot this on film, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you shoot Red Hill on film? Yeah, it was the last thing I shot on oh, film. Cool. My first film was so I'd shot every commercial up until that point, uh, and every short film on film. And the last thing I ever shot in film was my first film. I'm th- grateful, and it was on. Oh, here you go. 
Here you go. It was made on leftover film stocks called short ends. It's where they, you know, shoot a whole roll. So if you've got a 900-foot can of roll or whatever, you end up with like 200 feet of film. Mm. They used to save that, recan it, and it would sit on a studio lot. And um, I, I bought um, a leftover film stock from Fast and Furious 3, 4. That's how I made Red Hill. Wow. It was leftover oh, film so stock. So it's, it's at a dis- deep discount? Huh? You get it at a deep discount, the leftover film? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, a, it's like a cheapskate. And then I shot two perfs. So there's four perfs. That's perforations. That's like the little holes on the side of a film. Yeah. So you get four per frame. And I, sh- I tweaked the camera so you shoot two perf, which means I can get two frames. There's 24 frames a second. I shot... Two perf, which meant so I didn't have any sort of rack room, which means I could shift the frame up or down mm-hmm. later in post. It was like whatever we shot, like that's the frame. So when we shot it, we were like, you have to shoot it right. Mm. And then, but what that allowed was, is like if it was a six, say there was 600 feet of leftover film stock, shooting two perf doubled it. So now I had 1200 feet. And then you were like, okay, great. I've got like five minutes of film mm-hmm. to shoot. And that's how we made it. Are there parts of Red Hill where you're like, was that Vin Diesel? <laughs> that's the <Some a> Furious <laughs> film. <laughs> Is that for Walker? Yeah. Well? Like, yeah. One, one. Every so often you're watching Red Hill, there's just like a clip of Vin Diesel just for a split second in his car. Just, just, <laughs> just flying in a, in, a, in a spaceship into a... <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Oh, man. Well, nice. Well, uh, uh, how much time we got left there, Phil? We got about two minutes. Two minutes? Two minutes. That's right, folks. It's time for the Camp Good Boys shout-out hour. Sure is. Hey. Phil, who are we giving shout-outs to this week? All right. Who do we got on talk this week? Uh, hey, shout-out Angel Illustrates. Hey, shout-out. Shout-out. Uh, hey, shout-out uh, Tiff Novak. Hey, shout-out. Shout-out. Hey, shout-out uh, Brett Z69420. Shout-out. Nice. Shout-out. Hey, shout-out Haggard5. Shout-out. Shout-out. Uh, hey, shout-out Kelly Warren. Shout-out. Shout-out. Uh, hey, shout-out. Hey, shout-out Leaky X. Hey, shout-out. Shout-out. Uh, hey, shout out Oh Sweet Nothing. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, let's see who else we got. Hey, shout out Free Mesothelioma Testing. Shout, hey, it's been, important. Been with us for a while. Uh, and last one, shout out Steph Gensberg. Shout out. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the pitch. Can Good I have a shout out? Yes, yeah, uh, Van City Reynolds. Shout out Van City Reynolds. Yeah. Um, no, I want to do a shout out Rich Cook. Oh, yeah. Shout, shout out. Shout out Rich Cook. Shout out. Shout out Cuff Owens. Oh, oh shout, shout out. out yeah, Cuff Owens. Time. Yeah. 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 Two, two fellow, uh, how do you say it? Venetians? Uh, Venetians. Venetians. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they the would have been part war? of those early, those early days. Yeah. 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 Is yeah. Cuff your lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. So it's like, it's the amazing thing. The, these Project X parties we went to, it's like, they were all there. Nothing has changed. Ten years no. later, it's like two of them are guys I, I make movies with as screenwriters. One's my lawyer and one's my agent now. Yeah, how about that. It just goes to show, <laughs> go to the parties, stay until everybody leaves, yeah. and you will be a filmmaker. That's so true. I'd do, anything just to go, that I'd do anything to go to a party at uh, Rich's old place. Yeah. Like one of those big like 2012 oh, Venice parties. Oh, God. Because that was back when Venice was still like, fun. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yeah. it's kind of lost its edge a little bit. Yeah. They, they were dark. There were some dark parties. They were. <laughs> they really were dark. They were great. Good times. <laughs> well, Patrick, thanks, yeah. for, uh, thanks for coming in. And uh, teaching our listeners about the, the art of filmmaking. 
Yeah. You're very welcome, guys. Yeah. <laughs> now you're just going to start seeing all over Hollywood. Just all, it's like instead of like all the fedoras and stuff at the coffee shops, everyone just rolls in in jogging shorts. Jogging shorts. Shit. And, yeah. And, and, and Dodge Chargers. Yeah. And jewels. <laughs> well, shorts, shorts like uh, below the knee, those are fucking oh, no. done. Yeah. It's out. No, no. they're done. They're, it's out. They're done. I, look, that's the thing with jogging shorts. I was like, I embraced the, the high sort of mid-rift, I don't know. What, what's that part of your thigh? What is that? Like the high part of your thigh? Like just embrace the fact. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm going jogging. I'm not going to wear low-cut shorts. Yeah. They're going to be yep. high-cut. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? No, you got to let the gams out to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe a testicle slips out yeah. as I'm working hey, on a script in a, a hotel a, room in New York. Uh, occupational Well, you know, hazard. the nice thing about jogging shorts, they have the built-in the line uh, underwear. Yeah, they do. I cut all mine out. See, I don't wear underwear anymore. I take the lining out. And so basically, and I don't wear underwear. So <laughs> when I go to the grocery store, it's basically like a way to just wear underwear to the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't wear underwear anymore. So these shorts, like a ball could hang out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so both of you are registered sex offenders. That's good. <laughs> I actually, I had a physical last week and, and she was like, you can keep your, I had my sweatpants on. She's like, here, put this gown on. You can keep your underwear on. I was like, huh. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess I'm keeping my pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing underwear. Yeah, she's like, oh, shout out. You must be a screenwriter. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, thank you for having me, boys. Dude, thank course. you for coming it's by. Lovely to be back in the den, dude. So Friday, Big Friday, go see it. Mm. Hitman's wife's bodyguard, and then in a couple months, man from Toronto. Oh, mm. yep, yeah, yep. Do they have a release date for that yet? Yeah, MLK Day. Ah, huh. next cool. year. Got it. Nice. Hmm. Great. Well, that's what they're saying for now. (laughs) The next pandemic comes. Yeah, yeah. The next fucking wave of some sort of strand that we've never heard of. (laughs) Some Bulgarian strands coming. Oh, by the way, I don't know. Did you bring the Mustang? Are you driving the Mustang here? I actually Ubered here. Oh, you did? uh, Yeah. Because I learned, I don't know if anyone who drives through Larchmont, you know those speed bumps that are like on Arden and stuff like that? Yeah. They are not normal speed bumps. They're like, you know, most people, you actually have to slow down or your tires are going to go. You can actually speed up and you can, like, I've been catching air oh, yeah. when I, when oh, I really? drive up here. Like, if there's nobody else on Arden, yeah. I just, if I see one of those large front <laughs> speed bumps, I'm like, and I've literally been catching air on the way over here. So those do not, those are not, those are like, those are, those are speed bumps that you can speed up for. Yeah. They're big ones. Yeah. So. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this little tip, little uh, tip for the locals. I'll, I'll tell my Uber driver on the way home to fucking <laughs> pump and floor it. And that's like a good start to a Drop movie. It. So uh, I was I'll, just I'll on give a podcast. Vin, Vin Diesel voice to be like, "Drop the hammer." Yeah. Whoa. So this podcast said that we can speed up and actually catch <laughs> air on these speed bumps. <laughs> my God, could you actually do that to your Uber driver? Just sit behind them in the back seat and just go. I live my life at a quarter hour of a time. <laughs> quarter mile. I and never sit directly behind them. I do. That is a weird, it's, it's, a, it's a different vibe. That, yeah. yeah that is weird. That's cool to serial killer vibe. But Arden, you've got about 10 of those bumps. So like late yep. enough at night, I just gun it and just fucking fly off. Oh, on the those. Vespa? Yeah. Oh. No, no, in my car. I brought my car oh, today. Try yeah. it on the Vespa. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, fun. That's, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, all right. Uh, all thank right. you very Campers. much for having me, boys. Oh, of course. You. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs>